Okay, I have to ask you this. Mm. Okay, because this I literally just this just came up in my mind. Drag names. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed in drag names. Mm-hmm. I don't like them a lot anymore. Mm. I think they're very just bland. That's it's my sort of perception. A tra- it's sort of a trap now. It's sort of weird to see drag queen camps fight with each other online over drag race. It's kind of uh, entertaining. But there are two There are two fields of thought about drag names. One is like, let's go for something offensive that will most likely... Something offensive or clever that will most likely... You will regret in five years having that be your name. And then there are, you know, taking a... Just taking a woman's name and just sort of saying safe like staying safe but maybe not being memorable on a flyer milk <laughs> milk <laughs> just the you're look on using your face. milk <clears throat> as a drag name but you don't forget it you don't forget that name you know what you forget you forget someone's name who's like tabitha bewilderment van michaels all of that shit Stop. I'll remember Milk. Angeria Paris Van Michaels is someone I may not remember next year because it's a lot of fucking words. It's a lot of words. One of my favorite drag names was Carlotta Attendant. (laughs) (laughs) I am friends with the drag. I've never heard that one before. I am friends, Facebook friends with the drag queen. I I hope she's not in New York. If so, I've never seen her. Her name is Jaja Gaborshin. Have you not heard of this queen? It's the greatest drag name I have ever heard in my Jaja life. Gaborshin. Jaja Gaborshin. Greatest drag name of all time, in my opinion. Isn't that hysterical? I know you're waiting for me to say this is not a real person. No, no, no. I wouldn't we, be surprised. It is. It, yeah, I I can't remember what city she's in, but please, it's it's spelled just like it sounds. Jaja Gabor. Shun. Shun. Wow, that's a that's a that's a drag name pushing it. Let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. As a TV producer, yes. (laughs) What are your thoughts on the production of RuPaul's Drag Race? Um, I think it's great. I I think that they've it's definitely a polished version of what it was. I mean, when it started, it looked like you know one of the plays that the Brady Bunch would do in their backyard. Like it was not. But also, they had an admittedly low budget. All the queens showed up with like one glad bag full of clothing. <laughs> I mean, you know that this is true. But it's gotten so polished over the years. I'm not. I can't. I well, he's laughing. I can't really say anything. <laughs> but just, it did. It I'm did look that like for that. Instagram, by the I, way. I mean, remember the first shoot. The first uh, maxi challenge was like them getting hosed down on a car next to a dumpster. A dumpster in the world of wonder. Parking lot or whatever. I'm factually inaccurate, but I'm in the ballpark. And it got better every year. Now I think it looks, you know. It is. It's a production now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But and I so it's into- a well. I know people who work on the show. It's a very, like, well-oiled but she got that machine money. at this point. Oh, for sure. Now, she got yeah. that money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's raking it in. Well, I'm remember- going to exclude this, but she is raking oh, it yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Remember when they had the um, the controversy a few years back when the show was still on Logo, uh, where they didn't want her to say the word she-male? 
anymore. And oh, so I think remember that. Someone was like, RuPaul's going to get canceled. And RuPaul tweeted, she's like, as long as I'm paying the fucking electric bill at Logo, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, and that's true. <laughs> she tweeted that, um, which was cunt. Like, that's and true. But the same can be said now for VH1 and Paramount Plus. Like, she's got to, if she's not the highest rated show on VH1, she's got to be one of the top. Too. I think she is. If she wasn't doing well, we wouldn't be in the 88th consecutive episode <laughs> of season 14. Queens. <laughs> Queens have I Queens have like been born and died during this. Do you want to know I've always wanted I've always wanted to kind of like do a I've thought about this and I'm like it'd be great if they did a RuPaul's Drag Race Middle East version. <laughs> Right. But obviously we couldn't call it drag race because, you know, women can't drive. So we would, <laughs> so we would have to call it RuPaul's competition for men who will die infidels. Uh, I'll tell you a lot. Brooklyn, Brooklyn woke people don't like that joke. They don't I, like that I'm joke. I'm sure they don't. Would, wouldn't everyone have a burqa on anyway? So li- would every lip sync be someone just saying, I'd like to leave it on. Like literally every one of them. What about lip sync for your life? Do you not understand? Take it off. And then they would just quit the show. Yeah, be like, be like I'm not taking it off. I I'm, can't. I can't take it. I literally I, can't. I, I literally can't. I thought of some drag names that would be good for it. <laughs> what are they? Uh, Saddam So Sexy. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, Libya Majora. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> drag name. That by the is way. a real good one. And then uh, Kamala Toe Harris. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of mm. television, mm. comedy, mm. entertainment, mm. I'd like to introduce my guest for this week's episode of O oh Oscar. He is going to be premiering his one-man comedy show called Planet Asshole this coming June, every Thursday in June. He's produced a number of shows on television. Go he's ahead, produced- bitch. I Love Lucy. Come on, let it let it rip. <laughs> let it rip, bitch. Do it. No, he's produced I Love a Mama's Boy and yes. Long Island Medium on TLC. Mm-hmm. He also was the executive producer <laughs> of The A-List <laughs> On Logo, which was a show about quote-unquote A-list homosexuals Correct. on Fire Island. Correct. Which, well, and New York. We, and we New did, York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which I barreled <laughs> over laughing <laughs> at. <laughs> I was like... This is well, you and the audience, too. I will tell you that first of all, it is lovely to be here. Thank you for having me, ladies, gentlemen, everybody in between. Uh, Dominic Pupa, thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be here. I'm glad you, I'm so happy you're doing this. Oscar and I have known each other for a long time, and I was signed an NDA beforehand to say I wasn't allowed to say how long (laughs) 56 years, close, yeah, Close. close to 56 years. Uh, but yes. The A-list. Mm. So I heard, so they were doing this show. I read about it in The Trades, uh, which is what we called them back then. But I, I did read about it online, actually, that they were doing this show called Kept. And it was going to be like a gay version of The Real Housewives. Right. And I had, I don't know, I would worked at Real Housewives of New York and Real Housewives of Atlanta. How a, was that, by the way? Those were, New York was a bit of a nightmare. Atlanta was was great. Yeah. Uh, New York was good. Bethany was still on the season that I was there and she was 
a delight. Like and she, the, just that she's who you want to work with. As really, a rea- as as a reality star, she's who you want to work with. There's no, I don't want to do this. Put the cameras down. There's none of that. It's always really? like this is what we signed up for. If it's in the edit, I said it. I'll take credit for it. And she's just that's so interesting. Oh yeah, still to this day, she'll even say. She'll tweet out if someone's complaining about how they're edited on a reality show. She'll say like, you if it's in the edit, it. you said it. Like that's, you know. That's a great like, line. If it's s- in the edit, you said it. Yep. Wow. That might, did I steal that? I mean, it's so smart. I'm certain I stole it. Either <laughs> Bethany said it or maybe Rue said it in that. That song she released a couple of months ago where she was just like, if you, it might be from that song. Oh, okay. It's in the edit or it something all, you said or all, something like that. They're all drag queens at the end yeah. of the day. But A list was it was supposed to be the show and I lobbied Don't worry, to Bethany get the job. Bethany won't hear this because I can. I love it. Bethany. There's I, I wish probably, she'd hear it. We, I think we have now fifteen listeners, so you're good, Dominic. <laughs> you know she's going to be one of them. Yeah. Uh, but I saw the ad for uh, they're looking for producers for the show called Kept, and it was going to be Gay Housewives, and I lobbied hard for this job. I was living in L.A. and I wanted an excuse to move back to New York so badly, and. I like lobbied and lobbied and lobbied and finally they let me have the job. And in the process of my coming to the job, they weren't calling it kept anymore. It wasn't going to be about sugar daddies and babies per se because that was a little unsavory for Logo. Right. The burgeoning homosexual network. So they went through. I love how a homosexual network was like, you know, let's not be too gay. (laughs) Well, they they wanted to be gay. gay. They just didn't want to do gay uh, whores, which try splitting that hair. So, <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. So, in the process, we had already shot like probably four episodes worth of material when they finally decided that the title was going to be the A List New York. And I will tell you that I was certainly not happy about it because I'm like these. Everyone already hates the show because you're calling it that. We had thought the playfully the producers we were like let's call it Gays of Our Lives or that all these been other great. and that was one of the finalists. But they didn't logo didn't pick it. They wanted something. What was the word they used? Incendiary, and it certainly was. And what does I remember that mean? Uh, explosive, controversial. Like they wanted people to talk about it. Just the title alone. When the cast found out, they were pissed i mean they were they just knew what was coming like they were like we're gonna get uh ripped a new asshole for this and i felt bad because they're all i you know i mean i understand why some of them are are definitely polarizing people all of them are were wonderful people in in real life like they're fun to drink with i'm still in touch with most of them but the boys were catching shit for being on the show and i do think a, a big Part of it was that, you know, in picking a polarizing title, they sort of already cast the guys as these guys all think they are better than you. Right. And which is actually the I think the biggest mistake in that they if they'd called the show Gaze of Our Lives, I believe that it would have run for six or seven years. Oh, yeah. For real. But I think that before you even go into it, the title suggests, you know, that they're better than they might have just called it. And, you know, gays don't like that. At all. Even the ones that are up there, for right. real, you know? They, they might don't. as well have just called it, we're sitting in first class, please walk through our section quickly. <laughs> I want to talk about the addition from TV producing to getting into stand-up comedy. Yes. And doing also kind of like your own one-man show. So, like, why stand-up comedy? I don't, and it's funny because I, I sort of... 
I went to college for broadcast journalism, and in my senior year, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I thought it was what I always wanted to do. I was like, you know, I know I like television, and I know I want to do stand-up or act, so I'm just going to apply to TV shows I love, and I ended up working at the Joan Rivers show, the daytime talk show, uh, and I was there for, I think, a year or, t- or two. I did an internship, and then I was there for a year, and I... Loved it. And then I worked, I, I started, that show got canceled. I started hopping around to other talk shows. I got fired from one. I can't even, I think I got fired from Maury. But I was like, this is a sign from God. Instead of doing stand-up part-time, I'm going to do it full-time. So this is in the mid-90s. Um, and I did, you know, for two years, I waited tables and bartendered, got fired from every single one of them, every one of them. Um, and I was doing stand-up and it's, you know, it's as hard as they say, if not harder. Yeah. And if it's your primary source of income, which, you know, I was pretending it was, even though I was waiting tables, it's not, you know, you're broke. And New York- It's New not York, as lucrative as no, people would think. No, not not then. You know, like not when you're sort of starting out and yeah. you're, um, and it was honestly discouraging at the time. And so an opening had come up um, at the Ricky Lake show and so I then went on to work there for years and did. I was the warm-up guy there and I was a producer there. And I would squeeze in stand-up when I could. And then I just sort of, sort of started souring on stand-up the way that anyone does. And I don't want to sound bitter about it. I mean, you know, it's like... Right. But the stand-up community is definitely very um, unique. I mean, to do stand-up at all means that you are a person who... Can you 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 want love and you're willing to find it through abuse? I mean, that's what comedy is. Every time you get on stage, you're like, I'm fine if you punch me, but you're gonna make out with me at the end in the form of applause. So yeah. it has been at least ten years since I've done that. Like yeah. when I, I came back to New York in twenty ten again and I didn't I don't think I performed in a club. I only do my one man shows and I also sing and so I sort of like you know when people call me when they say I'm a stand-up comic I say yes but really what I do now is just like I don't want to say cabaret anymore because the countess has literally ruined the word cabaret for me <laughs> like I don't want to be associated deceptus. with <laughs> countess deception deceptus cabaret <laughs> star countess deceptus um but yeah I mean it's mostly stand-up but I also do music as well what I don't do and we were talking before this about like <laughs> the conditions to get me to show up somewhere like i won't write anything but i'll do crowd work but i um only write shit i'll do crowd work if i have to right but i also do like i don't do sets like i could you know do eight or ten minutes or whatever and i host stuff where i have to like whittle my work down but i typically do one or two one-man shows a year and i do like a run of them and sometimes i go to la and sometimes i go to chicago but it's definitely a side hustle which i would love for it to be a full-time hustle but it just sort of was doing it alongside a career and, you know, I have a house and a dog to feed and so, and I'm old, you know. Yeah, but you shouldn't let that discourage you from doing stand-up comedy. It shouldn't. It just discourages me from taking away from a paying job. And, you know, I have a lot of comedy friends who are just like, then you're just not passionate about it. I'm like, then I'm not. Want to sit in my hot tub? (laughs) So cunty. And not intentionally, but when they come at me, I have to I have to come back. I want to now move over to the main segment of yeah? o Oscar where I get to ask my guests what their first gay experience was. So, Dominic Pupa, what was your first gay experience? 
I mean, it had to be at camp. It, it had to be at camp when probably I was 12, 11 or 12 years old. And it was really just, uh, it was, I was like just a game of grab and giggle, but that just went on for several weeks. Like it was part of my, I had it in my Philofax at the time. Oop, 4 p.m., here comes Scott with our grab and giggle. And that was just it. It's grab and giggle. Oh, you know, we were just like touching each other's um, members and laughing while we were doing it and kissing each other. But, you know, every day it started out as a grab and giggle. And by the end of it, it was like Wuthering Heights. Like it was just <laughs> like the amount of passion. It was just like, it's the last day of camp. I'm going to miss you. Ah! And we're like, we're on the clapboard in Titanic. And I'm screaming, no, Scott, don't let go. That was it. It was it was a romance, which I literally, uh, as we do as gay children, I just sort of dismissed it. Slash, it lived like in the back of my mind forever, punching at me. That's so interesting. Yeah. Camp, yeah, camp. Wow, because you're just so free at camp, especially in the '80s. Was he hot? Oh, I have looked him up online at least every month for the past however long the internet's been around and I can't find him. Really? I cannot find him. I've done, I do the obituaries. I've done every possible spelling of his name that I possibly could. I have, I will tell you this. I once, uh, I have driven through every street in New Jersey in the past 20 years screaming, Scott! At the top of my lungs. And no one has come out. Not one person. And New Jersey is a lot bigger than you think it is. A lot of streets. A lot of streets. No, Scott did not come out. Now, did you guys, this was obviously, you know, pre-cell phones. Okay. So, but did you guys stay in touch? No. Was there like... Nope. Nope. And I kept in touch with a lot of friends from camp. I feel like Scott was pretty deliberate about this is like, this was just a camp-only friendship. Wow. Yeah. And we never, I don't remember grab trying to giggle, grab and giggle, G and G. Grab and giggle. You never heard that expression? Maybe no. it's just from, yes, well, it was, in, it was a long time ago. We used to get around the camp on a bicycle with one big wheel and one little one. Grab and giggle. These are jokes. These are, <laughs> I thought he was older than this, that he would get these jokes, but I'm really that old. Grab and giggle. And yes, yeah, Scott, I don't remember. That's a great TV show name, by the way. Grab and giggle. A good game show, yeah. That'd be a great game show. And what was the next gay experience you had? With Scott's father uh, at Parents Weekend. <laughs> now his number I kept. I he doesn't. You. Scott's father doesn't know where Scott. He got. He got. He gave him up for adoption immediately after we <laughs> fell in love. <laughs> um, I can't I remember. It was a so smattering. Much. It was a smattering of. But did you? During that time, were you aware of what homosexuality was? Yes. Yeah, and keenly aware that I didn't want, that I wasn't that and wouldn't ever publicly be that. You know, it wasn't like, I. my memories of it are I wasn't suffering with like, I have to keep this a secret. My memory was just like, I'm never going to be this horrible thing that everyone's talking about. So oh. this is just sort of a thing. Uh. A you know. wash away experience. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm 51, and when so this would have been eight, like 82, 83. So it, this we were just entering a moment of time where being gay wasn't just like 
not only was it something that you for it's when I was a kid, it was just something you didn't talk about or rolled your eyes about. After AIDS became a thing, which was when I was that age, when I was entering my teenage years, it became something that people were like actively saying was horrific and evil. So yeah. it just never even it, and in my early teen years, I didn't think anything. I don't think I thought seriously that that would be a life that I would lead. Yeah. I just thought it was something I would be able I think as most gay people, at least my age, were just like, this isn't actually going to be a part of my life. So it's something I'm going to suppress. Oh, I think. Until you can't, you know, and then you get into high school and like, you know, you're in the locker room and, you know, you're falling in love with the other boys in drama club, knowing instinctively that they're all just like you. And, uh, you know, like even the hot straight guys in drama club are not straight anymore. No. They're but I am enjoying either. this uh, trip down memory lane. Mm, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall on memory lane. <laughs> I love you so much. All right, Dominic, thank you so much for sharing your first gay experience. My pleasure. I My appreciate pleasure. that. We're going to move on to the... Uh, you realize I'm going to go to a bar after this, get wasted, and call every Scott that I can find on the internet. That's fine. Scott! <laughs> it's Dominic! I love you! What would you do if you found Scott? I would, my God. I mean, I would try to fuck him. I mean, I don't know how else to answer that question. I would, if I saw him on the street, I would probably say, "Let we have some unfinished business. Let's do this as adults. Let's just get this over with. I mean, you're only here for a certain amount of time. You know what I mean? The moment he left, if I didn't say, let's fuck, I would regret it for the rest of my life, for sure. Interesting. Or I think the first thing when I realized it was him, I would just say, what is your phone number? That's what I would say. <laughs> so when he ran away after I said, let's go fuck, I would at least call him and be like, are you sure? Every day for a year. I love you so much. Until the order of protection. <laughs> Again. We are moving on to the next portion, which is Dick's Appointed, where I get to ask my uh, fabulous guests what a wild, crazy, or embarrassing sex story was. So, Dominic, do you have one you'd like to share? I was at a bar called Dakota, which was on, I believe, 3rd Avenue around 21st Street. Not a hotbed of gay activity then or now, actually. So, (laughs) it was... I, I was like 20, between 23 and 25. I can't remember the exact year. But there was a guy there, and he was an older man who, to me back then, would have been like 35. And he looked a little like uh, of the Aiden Quinn, Hugh Jackman variety. Ooh, like okay. Then, right. Um, and so he picked me up pretty quickly after I got to the bar. We drank for a couple of hours. He paid for all the drinks. He was very nice, and he was like, I live around the corner, do you want to come home? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, you've bought all the drinks. It is my obligation as a gentleman to repay you with letting you suck my dick. So, I mean, that's what was on the menu that day. Doesn't mean that's the only thing I do, but it was then. So... It was was special. (laughs) It's, well, it was how the... It's how all good romances start. So we go back to his apartment... And I am tipsy, but not drunk. He is drunk, but not wasted. Right. So we get to the house. He's like, I've got to eat something. And I'm in my head, I'm like, 
okay. I was like, we passed literally 11 places that, that served food that we could have stopped at, but he wanted to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in his kitchen. He introduces me to his dog, who's behind a gate in another room. It's a German shepherd. And I'm like, hey, no, dog just stares at me. Blue steel, frightening. German shepherd, security dog. No tail wagging, no ear wiggling, just like, I said, okay, great. Nice to meet you. We go into his bedroom. I go into his bedroom while he is consuming a a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Girl, I don't know. I don't know what he did in the three minutes that I was alone in his bedroom and he was in the kitchen right off of there. When we we walked in his apartment, he was, like I said, drunk, but, but functioning. When he turned that corner and shut the light and almost fell down, twice just from getting from the door to the bed this is a new york apartment that's not a long trip like (laughs) he almost fell two times in those eight feet and i'm like what i'm like did you roofie yourself with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich i didn't understand how i turned my back and he just was fucked up you know in the years since then i have 500 theories of how he did it because he did something but anyway you know i was still going to get laid so i didn't care what condition he was in so i'm on my knees how graphic are we allowed to get here you can do as much as you want i am we're on his bed he's laying down like on on his side and he wants me to present him with my jewels and he's going to stay in that position and i'll be on my knees doing my best to sort of you know insert into the proper uh his face so he's blowing me i don't know why i'm doing victorian english version of a fucking blowjob but he wanted to suck my dick so we went to bed he turned on his side a strange position to do it in but whatever i could back then get down luck i could kneel and do like a little bit of a split and do what i needed to do this is going on for five minutes it is it's not it's not good but i can deal with it i can close my eyes and think of whatever i I, like i'm gonna finish because I'm here. I never walk out during intermission ever. Not if I, I paid to be there, honey. So I am doing my thing. He's doing his thing. And then he just stops. Like it just does it. And I'm like, hello. And I, I'm like touching the back of his head and I'm like, hello. he's just like not, he's not moving and further horror. And it's very low light in the room. There's one little nightlight on and there is what appears to be around his mouth, blood. I'm like, what is going on? And I like touching. Now, keep in mind, my dick is still in his mouth. And I'm thinking that this motherfucker is dead. And I'm still sort of, you know, now he's not clamped down on it. But I'm like, first, I'm going to take my dick out of this dead person's mouth. But there was a moment where I was thinking that, What a great story this would be to tell after I got out of jail for what I would assume was involuntary (laughs) manslaughter. And people would be like, how did you, you know, why were you in jail? I would be like, well, my dick is so big, I choked someone to death with it. And that would be cool. I felt like I would get laid for the rest of my life with that story. Turns out he um, was not dead. The blood was, this is just the most revolting. It was jelly. It was jelly from the sandwich. I don't know. I don't know how it got all over his face, all over my dick. It was like no peanut butter, no just only jelly, which I'm assuming was tainted with G or roofies or something. He was just out of it. So then 
about a minute later, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to shake him awake. And he must have had sleep apnea because he wasn't breathing for like a full minute. And then, and I know this now because my husband has sleep apnea. And sometimes I'll stare at him while he's sleeping and he's not breathing. And I just like touch him and then he just goes, <sighs> and he did that. He just like, I shook him and he came back awake. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I was so thankful he was breathing. I was like, now I'm going to get out of here. Did not finish, was pissed about it. But still, I was like, this guy's not, he's like passed out. So I stand up on the bed to pull my pants up and I look in the, into the doorway where I have to go. The light is on in the kitchen and there's just the silhouette of the dog. The dog got out, the German shepherd, and it's standing in the doorway of the bedroom. His owner is passed out cold. It's like 4.30 in the morning. I have to get out of there. And he just starts going, it's like I'm gonna get mauled to death by this German Shepherd, and this guy's not even gonna wake up. He's dead. He's like completely passed out. I don't know what happened. I think it was the first time in my life that prayer actually worked. But the dude just rolled over and was like, and like rolled over on his side and went to sleep. I guess the dog just needed to hear that he was awake. And he just his whole stance just changed, and he just turned around and walked out. I was it was like a movie i was tiptoeing out of there to not disturb the dog i made it out with my life and i a little bit of jelly on your dick i mean a lot of jelly. like i hopped in the shower the moment i got home it was i can still see it i can still feel it like it wasn't there was nothing pleasurable about it at, at all maybe no i'm not even gonna, it was it was a lot the jelly was a lot and so for years, my friends and I just referred to him as Jelly Roll. <laughs> <laughs> because of the jelly, and then what saved my life was that he rolled over. And so we just called him Jelly Roll. And that's it. That's my That's probably story. one of the best disappointed stories all true. I have ever heard. All true. I never went back to Dakota. I never saw that man again. Wow. Yeah. I love that. That was a great disappointed story. Thank you. We are going to move on to the I love this. last portion of the podcast. And that is where we get to take a spin on the Gay DHD Wheel of Q&A. So you are going to spin the wheel and we're going to mm-hmm. answer some questions. Take a spin. Okay, girl, now I know that mouth is mightier than that sword, Wait. but let's make sure the sword is just as mighty as Oh, mouth. I thought you were going to say it was too fast. Oh, girl, are you ready? I'm ready. It's, it's going gonna, gonna to pop off now is what's going to happen. Just, there we go. All right, what does it say? Sex, quiet, or loud? Can do both. Prefer it loud. Really? Yeah. You like it loud? Yeah. I mean, not call 911 loud, but like, I, you know, I like to let my partner know that I'm enjoying it, and I certainly want to hear from them that they're having a good time as well. But I can, you know, we all have had to have sex at times when we have to be quiet. Have we? Bathroom stall at a funeral home? Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> Where do you meet people? Okay. 
Really? Bathroom stall at a funeral home? Just those two times. That was it. Two separate funerals. Didn't even know the second person. I just liked the bathroom so much I went back to the one the following day. Wait. You had sex with someone in a bathroom stall at a funeral home? No, please don't destroy the illusion. My comedy is just all drag to make me seem cool, like someone who's fucked a thousand Arabian nights and who doesn't go to sleep at night at night. I have had sex in some fucked up places, but not in the bathroom stall at a funeral home. Okay. I probably have jerked off in the bathroom of a funeral home just to calm me down, to like go back. Maybe that's it. I'm sure I have done that. Actually, I know that I've done that. That's why I'm saying it. All right, spin it again. Sorry, Pop. <laughs> Spin it again. Oh, I hope it's a good one. Dominic, what is one of your oddest pet peeves? Now, this mm. is an odd pet peeve. Mm. Huh. I will um I know a lot of people will when they're at someone else's home if the toilet paper is not the way that it is in their home they will switch it i think that i don't think that that's uncommon cuz other people have told me that they do that i will also do that with um paper towels like if paper towels has a word on it and i go to your house and it's bounty and the bounty's upside down cuz of how you've put it on the stand up paper towel i will i will switch it without asking and if someone's ever like, hey, did someone switch the paper towels? I'm just like, yeah, I did. Because it's ridiculous. There's a word on there. Why is the word upside down when you look at it? Just it makes no sense. No? Have you gone to therapy for this? Not for that, but. <laughs> <laughs> that is not That is a very interesting pet And peeve. I to the point where I don't understand why everyone in the world doesn't. Like if there's writing Adhere on some. Adhere to your. Yeah. Like if there's like. I don't know. Like if you if you got a it's like someone wearing a name tag upside down and you not saying just twist it. Twist that. I can't read it. Like what? I know it just says bounty, but I don't want to see it upside down like towel after towel until like until I'm done with the roll. Just wanted to say bounty. That is a great odd pet peeve. Spin mm. it again. All right. He's like, keep spinning until something's usable and actually funny. No, it's great. What's one of your favorite jokes from a comedian? Um, My favorite comedian currently is Jessica Curson. And she has, I mean, I love everything that she does. And she, what was the line in her... um, she talks about her mother being mean to servers in restaurants or just being annoying at restaurants. And in her Amazon special, she said, I go to lunch with my mother. <laughs> and she goes, you know, and I think I like this chicken salad. We haven't even ordered yet. It's just, I just love that joke. She's amazing. She's fucking amazing. She, this is her. I mean, I hope for her, for me, it's been her moment for years at this point, but it's, I really feel like it's building and that she is like, oh, she's, she's getting, she's it and she's worked her fucking ass off. All right, Dominic, thank you so much for coming Honey, on. I oh, love you. Touch me. I love you. Where can people catch you? They can catch me uh, this June, every Thursday at the duplex with planet asshole. They can also follow me on the socials. My website's dominary.com, which it's is like amazing. Commentary with a C with a, I, I can't even spell my own name commentary with a d at the beginning of it is that right yeah, yeah. and then i'm on uh, dominic pupa on instagram and 
I just started TikTok. Please come laugh at how I have to post things 11 times because I'm not sure what I'm doing because I put it up and I'm like, I should put captions on that. And then after 500 people have liked it, I remove it. Yeah. And then put captions on it. I'm like, where are the people? Well, Don't they're gone. Don't remove it. Just uh, make it private. I, I learned that the hard way. Yeah. I, so, that's what I did too. I would have been famous on TikTok if I just had a tutor, but every time I approach someone young, they run away. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, thank you so much for coming. I love on you, Oscar. Oscar. And congratulations on this and all of it. You're just, you know, you've always been so hilarious. And I love to see you. I just I know you think I'm Mike in front of you, but I'm not. I just no, love I to see you burning brighter because although we haven't known each other for 20 years, <laughs> um, every year you just keep getting it's like bigger and bigger. And like you started as the mayor of Chelsea, and now you are truly the queen mother and you have your own broadcast, and it's, it's working fucking amazing. It's we're and you work, bitch. This one works. I do. Catch her everywhere. Every seven nights a week. Glory holes. I don't. There's not a bag of Coke in the world that could get me to do that. I couldn't do it. How are you not asleep now? Good night, everyone. This has been O Oscar, hosted by Dominic Pupa. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for uh, tuning in, everybody. We will see you next Friday. Have a great weekend. Make sure you follow Dominic Pupa. Love it. Bye, girl.